Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. The home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT South Bend. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Not gonna lie, I woke up this morning and I s- still kind of feeling the uh, the effects of a turkey hangover. <laughs> I'm sure I'm probably just like you too. I stuffed myself stupid yesterday. Whew. Like it hurt after a while. And of course it was dessert that did it. Dessert is what is what made things hurt a whole heck of a lot yesterday. <laughs> I'm always in a rush to get to dessert. Sorry, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter that I have like a you know full plate and a half of food you know just sitting in there you know sitting in my stomach that's been there for uh, God for how long? Twenty minutes. <laughs> God, I love Thanksgiving. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was hopefully your Thanksgiving went well. Hopefully it did. Hopefully it went well for uh for for you. Hopefully it went well for uh, you know, other family members who maybe uh, you couldn't be with over over the holiday yesterday. Uh yeah, just happy Thanksgiving yesterday. Belatedly, okay? Uh, let's talk some football because God, there's a lot of it. I mean, yesterday alone, I mean, you know, I mean, the Lions game was good. Huh? That was a change. Uh, Cowboys and Giants was pretty good. Uh, even the, even the, uh, the night game last night, the, uh, the Patriots and the Vikings, that was a pretty good game. And of course, we've got a good game coming up here uh, tomorrow. Uh, our coverage of Notre Dame and USC starting at two o'clock with uh, with Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with uh, with Tim Growl and myself. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we 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 got a lot of football. We got a lot of football for for all this stuff. Some of which still processing nicely, at least in my stomach. Uh, plenty plenty of football to help you know digest all of that stuff. Just. It's all it's all moving. It's all moving. So, uh, yeah, let, let's let's just get to it. You know, I mean, it's USC. You know, it, it's the USC game, it, and there's something about when the when the Notre Dame season wraps up at USC. You know, like 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 it just seems like there's more on the line when it's at the end of the season, and. Very well could be, especially for USC. They're number six in the country, number six in the uh, in the playoff rankings. Uh, Notre Dame's fifteenth. Nothing to sneeze at. I mean, this could definitely help the uh, the Irish's bowl chances uh, as far as uh, maybe getting to a New Year's Six bowl. Fingers crossed. It's a, it's a long shot. There's got to be some other things that happen too, but you know, as long as the Irish take care of business on their end, just let the chips fall where they may. Quite honestly. And as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks anyway, how awesome would it be to play spoiler for USC season? Like, we've already done it for Clemson. We killed, we crushed their season. We knocked them out of the playoff. 
You could knock USC out of the playoff now this week, too. Be awesome. That that may be the thing that I'm like hoping happens more. You know, not not just an Irish win, but USC not getting that chance to have uh, their season, you know, of maybe a national championship realized. You know, that'd be so good to to have it come at your hand. Here's Marcus Freeman uh, Monday from his Monday press conference on the uh, USC Notre Dame rivalry. You know, I think it started last year. It's unique because last when you play USC during the middle of the season, it's a little bit different than going out there and playing the last game of the year. I spent some time this morning actually talking to Coach Reese, and he's been out there twice, uh, once as once as a player or twice as a player. I can't remember. And then once as a coach. I know he was out there in eighteen and. Um, I played out there in 2008 when I was at Ohio State, but to be a part of this rivalry for the last game of the year, and there's a lot on the line for both teams, and, and uh, um, this is a huge rivalry for us that goes back many years, I know, to the 1920s, I think. Um, and so there's a different feeling about this one, you know, and, uh, and I can feel it amongst our program and our players. Uh, I knew it last year, but this year being at the end of the year at USC is you can you can really feel it. Yes, you can feel it. Yes. By the way, remember, uh, remember how long ago was it? Maybe like three years ago or so. It was like three years ago. You know, that like the program tried pushing that every game was a rivalry or something. Remember that kind of made everything feel cheap a little bit. That whole word rivalry uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of cheapened a bit. Not so anymore. This is definitely still the rivalry for Notre Dame. This is it. Yeah, you've got Navy. Yeah, you got Stanford. You know, all that. USC. That's the rival. That's their rival. And again, to be able to just squash their season, squash their national championship hopes, Oh, that would be so good. So good. Something else that's uh, that's pretty damn good, too. That USC offense, they can put up some points. Marcus, what do you think? Everything. I mean, I, I wish I could point. It all starts with the quarterback. It all starts with every offense, I believe, starts with a quarterback. It starts with the quarterback and the decision-making and its ability to extend plays and, 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 and put the ball where it needs to go. But um, even with Die being out, the running back Die being out, who was extremely talented as you watch back through their season, um, they, they got a, a stable of running backs. The, the one guy that was from Stanford, um, Jones, he was at Stanford. We faced him last year, and, and uh, you know the, they got a freshman running back. Um, Brown, that's fast, and they use him at returner and do some different things with him, and he's talented. Their offensive line is uh, a veteran group. It's probably one of the most veteran experienced groups we'll face, and their wideouts, you can just go down a list from Addison to uh, to Rice to um, Mario Williams, who transferred from Oklahoma, um, the, uh, Washington from Memphis. I mean, you can just go down the line of talented wide receivers um, that find a way to get their hands on the ball, so um, every position on their offense um, will present a big challenge for us. Yeah, especially uh, Caleb Williams, who uh, for a little bit there anyway, uh, looking like a Heisman Trophy candidate, a legit Heisman co- uh, Trophy candidate, although with Hendon Hooker now uh, uh, out for the rest of the season for Tennessee, maybe his chances uh, step up a little bit. If he has a big game, of course, you know, definitely adds to that. Marcus, what do you think about Caleb? Yeah, starting with Caleb, um, man, is he a talented quarterback? And uh, we faced some really good quarterbacks this season, and he is um, one of the best. One of the best I've seen. And you know, his arm strength is one thing. Um, his decision making is another. His ability to extend plays, and he's one of the few guys I've seen just continually, continuously break tackles. You know, and that's something. That it, it's it's. Yeah, he can make people miss, but he breaks tackles. Guys have their hands on him, and he continues to stay up, and and that can be devastating to a defense. And that can make you um, try to do something outside of what your responsibility is on defense. I want to make a play. I'm going to try to rush around this guy instead of staying in my lane. You have to stay in your rush lanes, um, but you can't play cautious. 
And that's always the challenge. I remember having a conversation with our D-line and Coach Washington um, early in the North Carolina game after that first series when uh, May just was kind of scrambling around. I said, we're not playing spy. I don't want to just play patty cake and spy the guy. I want to rush, but we have to be in our lanes. And so that will be the challenge um, with Caleb Williams is, is one is the coverage. You know, we got to cover those wide outs and, and, and continue to mix up the coverages we play uh, against him. But two is to continue to do your job. Stay in your rush lanes. If you have an opportunity to bring them down, bring them down and, and bring your feet and don't dive. Um, but don't play spy. Um, and it's I like to use the term controlled aggression. You know, we have to be aggressive, but it has to be under control. This is probably going to be the biggest test for the defense. Defense has been playing unbelievable football of late. Uh, getting to the quarterback. They've been tackling better. They've been causing turnovers. USC is a huge test for this defense. You know, up front, you got Isaiah Foskey, the, uh, the Adam Alolas, you know, both of them. You know, they, they've got to make their impact known, uh, especially trying to keep Caleb Williams uh, uncomfortable. That's something they've done really well of late. They, they have made every quarterback that they've played over the last hmm, four, five, six weeks or so really uncomfortable, and that affects their play. It's, it's part of the reason why Notre Dame has been able to, to win these games is the fact that they've made the opposing quarterback really, really uncomfortable, just not letting them get into their groove at all. Like I said, Foskey's got to have a big day. The Adam Alola's got to have a big day. Heck, in the secondary, you know, Benjamin Morrison uh, needs to keep up just the unbelievable hot streak that he's on. If he could have, you know, another interception, especially in a big moment, that'd be huge. This, this is going to be a test for the defense. As the defense goes tomorrow, so goes Notre Dame, I think. By the way, last year, USC was like crap, right? Yeah. Of course, you know, able to rebuild with the transfer portal. And I know everybody's got the transfer portal and all that stuff, but, you know, it's a little bit of a touchy subject for uh, for some of the people that I run with. Um, here's Marcus Freeman's thoughts on the transfer portal. Yeah, I don't... I don't have the answer for exactly the numbers, and you know my personal opinion on the portal is is if used right, it can be really good for for college athletics in terms of um, we've had guys come here and and put in their time, get their degree, and say I want to go somewhere else and play more. Um, you know what? That's great. Go go and get another opportunity. Um, maybe things didn't go so well here, and you say you know what? I need to go somewhere else. Um, Maybe because academically, I need to go get another opportunity somewhere else. You know, if this isn't the right fit for you, you love. But, you know, the only thing that I don't want it to encourage is when things get hard, we go run to the portal. And that's the only discouraging thing about it is if you've seen not a trend, but I've seen instances where when things get difficult, that portal's there for you to go run to and go try to find an easier way. And, and, you know what? That's that's. I hope that that's. I'm sure that's not why it's there. Um, and and I don't want to see young people make a mistake by instead of instead of embracing a challenge, embracing um, the discomfort that that it it takes to grow to maximize who you are as an individual by running to the portal and going to find an easier way. And so that's always my message to our guys: is that listen. Stay, stay and continue to fight, continue to work, because if you do the right things and you and you work tirelessly at some point, you know, you're going to get what you want. And then also when you get what you think you want, there's going to be another challenge ahead of you. And those challenges never stop. You get better as an individual, but you you you, you come upon a new challenge. And uh, that's, you know, what I want for these individuals. I want them more than anything to get a degree from Notre Dame um, because that will last forever. Um, but I want them to, to learn life lessons here and, and get through some difficult times because if you can learn to fight and, and really per persevere through those difficult times, this will help you throughout the rest of your life. Couldn't have said it better myself, quite honestly. So, yeah, transfer port, I mean, it, it, it makes things too easy. It makes it, makes it possible f 
you know, when used when used uh, effectively, I won't say correctly. I'll say effectively. Uh, you can really rebuild a a program really quick, and that's what uh, that's what USC did. Especially with, you know, it didn't hurt that most of these guys came from came from Oklahoma, were recruits of Lincoln Riley's. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams was at Oklahoma last year. He's at USC now. He f- followed his coach. I mean, it's part it's part of the system for now. So why not adapt and 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 try to t- try to use it to your advantage? But at the same time, God, it's like the Wild West with the transfer portal, quite honestly. Just the Wild West. Um, let's talk Notre Dame's offense a little bit. Drew Pine is obviously, uh, unlike every other, you know, his opposing quarterbacks, uh, Drew Pine's been pretty comfortable back in the back in the pocket. Hasn't been making mistakes. That has been the the biggest thing for Drew Pine. Hasn't been, you know, making bad throws. Hasn't been uh, making, you know, causing turnovers or anything like that. He's been, he's been, he's been good. Not gonna lie, he's been, he's been pretty good. Numbers aren't, you know, exactly flashy, but I mean, when you when you got a run game that's doing what they do, you know, Drew Pine could kind of take a back seat and just, you know, pop up when he's needed, really. Right, Marcus? He's ready to go. He's uh, he's excited. He's a competitor. He is uh, one of the most competitive kids we have, and so he wants the ball in his hands, and he wants the chance to um, to execute, you know. And, and, again, we all have to make decisions that help him execute, and he has to help himself execute, but um, I know he's excited for this challenge. Yeah. It's what you like to hear about a quarterback, of course. But uh, but yeah, he you know it. He stays mistake free. Notre Dame's Notre Dame's in 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 pretty good position, quite honestly. Of course, one of his targets, and uh, one another you know one of the guys who's really been showing up, uh, especially over the last I you know four five six weeks or so, has been Deion Colsey. He's just been. Just a maniac out there, quite a, like just he, he's been doing everything. Yeah, it's again. I think as you said, Tim is the one is the ability to get healthy, right? He, he's finally healthy. I think midway through the season, he was probably at truly at a hundred percent. But the ability to grow and continue to improve. And maybe not get the rewards of receptions and yards that you want, but to work at it tirelessly. And that, that's a reflection of coaching. That's a reflection of Coach Stuckey in that room. And you've heard me, everybody in this room has heard me say this again. That's one of the most unselfish positions there are. You can do everything right and never get rewarded um, with, with the ball. And uh, but Dion has just worked tirelessly, improved as an individual, improved at his route running, improved at his his, um, his ball catching, um, and uh, you know now with presented with the opportunities, making big plays. Yes, he is. Of course, the run game has been making big plays as well. There's uh, there's been a there's been a marked change with the run game as uh, as the season has progressed. Yeah, I think back, man, the growth in our offense, the growth in me as a head coach um, from the first game of the year has been uh, tremendous. And um, I'm not trying to say that's a compliment, but, but it, it's, it's, I've grown a lot from, from that moment. Our offense, a compliment for our offense, you know, not for me, but for our offense. And, um, you know, I think back to that game and all I wanted to do is run the ball and huddle, run the ball and huddle, run the ball and huddle. And, and we had some success doing it. Um, we didn't run the ball that game early in the year as well as we're doing now. I think running the ball is a vital piece of our offense to have success, you know, but in continuing to control the, the, the game clock with different types of tempo is something that we've grown at and have done um, a much better job at. It's not huddle every play and wait till five seconds or on the play clock and snap it. It's the ability to control the tempo of the game using different um, different variables. And, um, you know, that's what we'll continue to try to do. We have to run the ball. we got to, you know, create easy throws early in the game to gain confidence in Drew and, and uh, um, take advantage of what they're giving us. 
Um, but we're, we're still going to have to be multiple. We can't just say we're going to run the ball and huddle. We've got to do some other things, which we've shown to be able to do the last couple of weeks. And uh, um, it'll be a great opportunity for our offense to uh, you know, truly have a big impact on this game. Run defense is something that uh, has definitely been a weakness for USC. In their, uh, in their lone loss this season to Utah, Gave up just, you know, 138 rushing yards, 424 passing yards in that game. They gave up 204 on the ground last week in their uh, win over US, uh, UCLA. And, I mean, that was you know, 48-45 in the final score of that game. They've got to they've keep running the ball. They've got to run the ball, especially when you have a team that has that sort of weakness. You know, it, it, it's it's a definite sore spot for USC. Exploit it, just pound on it. It's something that the that the offense has also been the the offense has been pretty aggressive. Yeah, I think um, you know, although I think we all had this, a mindset of trying to keep as much similarities as we could from my scheme last year to you know what Coach Golden has brought to our defense. Um, that wasn't going to give Al Golden the opportunity to have success. You know, Al Golden had to lead in 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 schematically running the defense the way he feels uh, most comfortable, and that's something I learned too. Just in our short time being together, I said, "Okay, that you're the defensive coordinator. Put your own staple on this." And and um, I think when you do that, though, it takes time to really understand every intricate detail of a scheme and that's what I think you've seen with our defense from where we started it was there's new there it was new schematics to to our defense and new things really to what we do defensively and from from the start of the season till now you've seen our players grow and our players learn and what happens when our players learn and they're not thinking about What's the call here? How do we get our lined up? They play a lot faster. They get lined up, they get the call, and they play fast. And and that's what I think you're seeing now is a defense that knows what we're doing, knows every intricate detail of, of the defense, and now is playing at a high level so they can let their athletic ability and the fundamentals take over. When you're thinking about how to get a line and what check and all these different calls to make, it's hard to play fast. And uh, that's where you've seen the growth. Defenses are making turnovers, you know. Of course, you know, if you count the the special team, you know, the punt blocks and all that stuff as uh, as kind of defensive uh, defensive work as well. Just incredibly aggressive on that front. That's going to be a test, too. Not for Notre Dame though. For for Caleb Williams, he's yet to face a pass defense that's ranked higher than fiftieth this year. They can get after Notre Dame can get after, get after it. They can get after him. They can get after Caleb Williams. They can get at you know. Make sure make sure you're tackling. Make sure you're causing turnovers. Have another couple of you know punt blocks by the special teams. You know why the hell not? I think this game's going to be a lot closer than uh, than a lot of people think. I I really do. In fact, I. At least for Notre Dame, if 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 uh, you know, Notre Dame's going to give themselves a chance to win this game, it's just kind of on them, really. USC's favored by four and a half. Granted, it is a home game, but I mean, four and a half. I think it's going to be closer than that. Quite honestly, I think it's going to be closer than that. Now the point total of sixty-four and a half. That that could wind up being a little bit on the low side. You know, USC last last week. You know they needed uh, they needed forty eight to beat UCLA. Heck, even in their loss to Utah, they put up forty two. Notre Dame's been putting up some points though too. So they've been uh, they've been averaging. Uh, I I heard this the other day with uh, on 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 uh, Cowherd show. Uh, he was talking to Joel Klatt from Fox Sports, and uh, you know, he made note of Joel Klatt made note of the fact that the Irish have been averaging like a, like forty points per game over the last five weeks. I mean, come on, <laughs> they're clicking. It's clicking. It's clicking. 
Leprechaun Lunch. It is powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business, and by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Let's uh, we'll we'll talk about some uh, some betting numbers for the uh, for the rest of the week and kind of recap uh, yesterday a little bit too. Uh, in case in case you need those numbers, just just a little bit. Uh, that's all to come. Leprechaun Lunch, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. The Lions covered. <laughs> Hooray! Nine and a half, nine and a half points. By the way, that was like free money. My God! Slapperkon lunch, powered by First State Bank, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jimmy Rosario in here with you on your Friday. A uh, a big. Uh, Big day as far as uh, Irish sports go today. Of course, you know tomorrow you've got uh, you've got you know the uh, football team taking on USC. Also got the women's basketball game uh, tomorrow. They're going to be taking on Arizona State. They're down in the Bahamas at the Goombay uh, Goombe Splash. That's a rough way to spend your Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> down in the Bahamas. Oh darn! I have to go play basketball and. <laughs> play in the Bahamas oh no <laughs> that game uh, that broadcast by the way getting underway starting at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon uh, you can hear that game over on our sister station live 99.9 today we've got uh, let's see men's basketball versus St. Bonaventure in the uh, Gotham Classic they're in uh, Elmont New York uh, playing at the UBS arena brand new last year by the way that's uh, that's where the Islanders play uh, the uh, the Gotham Classic today that broadcasts right here on 960 WSBT starting at 3:30. Uh, also got Irish hockey at Boston College. Uh, that broadcast over on Z94.3 will start at 3:45. So got all the uh, all the all the Irish sports that you can handle covered for the for the entire weekend. And then of course if uh, we've also got uh, you know with game day coverage. We kicked that off with Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, uh, the, uh, the the season finale, until the bowl game anyway. Uh, let's see, tomorrow, we Tim and I are going to be talking to former Notre Dame defensive end and NFL first-round draft pick, Ronaldo Wynn. Also, uh, former wide receiver, Robbie Toma, former... Uh, uh, longtime NFL kicker. I, I remember him playing for a long time with the uh, with the Chargers. Uh, John Carney going to be joining us, and then a uh, couple of members from the uh, early to mid two thousands Notre Dame teams. Uh, running backs Armando Allen and James Aldridge. That is all coming up tomorrow with Legacy Heating and Air Game Day at two o'clock, and then we've got Game Day Sports Beat presented by uh, uh, Michelob Ultra, and then uh, you know of course Reggie and I have uh, the post game show. After the game. So, we got you covered. We got you covered. All right? You got you, you don't have to go anywhere else. We've, we, we're taking care of everything. Just turn us on, you know, whether it's with the app, the Twitch app even. Um, we got it, okay? We got it for you. Also got some, uh, some numbers for you, too. Uh, four and a half. That's the uh, that's the spread, of course, for uh, for Notre Dame and USC tomorrow. If you were uh, if you were looking for uh, uh, for for good college matchups last week and you couldn't really find them, that's because they they're all happening this week. Of course, you got uh, as my. <laughs> My Bet MGM app uh, updated and knocked out all the all of my lines. Uh, 
Baylor and Texas going on right now. Baylor leading that game uh, with uh, less than five minutes left in the first quarter. 9 nothing. Tulane is at Cincinnati. Uh, no score there. Uh, let's see. NC State at North Carolina. North Carolina favored by 6.5 at home. That's a 3.30 kick today. Florida at Florida State. Take note of this one. That's a 10-point spread. It's in Tallahassee. A 10-point spread, though, against Florida just seems a little bit high to me. I, I, I think I think Florida can, can cover that. As long as Anthony Richardson has a, has, a, has a decent game for Florida. Then they're covering. Then they're covering that 10 points. Of course, uh, the big game uh, between Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State favored by 7.5 down in Columbus tomorrow. That, uh, that feels about right. It feels right, but do we really know any, like, do we know which team either way, really? Like, they're both very similar. Good quarterback play, good running back play, solid defenses. A lot of cupcakes on their schedule. Both of them, Jesus. Regardless, that's going to open up a spot in the uh, in the college football playoff top four. Uh, South Carolina is at Clemson. Clemson a 14, a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see anything. Uh, uh, Washington at Washington State. Washington a two point favorite on the road tomorrow at three o'clock. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. has played himself into the NFL draft. Like, first or second round. He was good down at IU, too. But, uh, I mean, he's really, he really upped his stock. I like Washington minus two on uh, on that game. Just uh, scrolling on down. LSU is at Texas A&M tomorrow at 7 o'clock. LSU a 10-point uh, a favorite. That They're not going to have any problems there. They're not going to have any problems covering that. So, 47 and a half is the uh, the point total on that too. Yeah, play the play the points. LSU and the points. Pl- take the over on that too. On that 47 and a half. Like Texas A&M is going to have a couple of garbage time touchdowns regardless. They may get it to 21. LSU is going to you know get get some more points on there. Tennessee's at Vanderbilt. We get to see Tennessee without Hendon Hooker. Can they cover 14 against Vandy without Hendon Hooker? That's what I want to know. Kind of like Vandy plus 14 there. That's what I think anyway. Of course, BetMGM, that's uh that's that's where I do all of my uh, all of my sports wagering. Use the code WSBTGYM. When you sign up, you get all sorts of things lo- unlocked. One-game parlay selections, you know, insurance for those one-game parlays, bet in, you know, bet insurance, all that stuff. BetMGM.com with the code WSBTGYM. Use it. Use it and prosper. Leprechaun Lunch continues next. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch rolling on. Presented by First State Bank. Colts playing on Monday night this week against the uh, the Steelers. That is their... Uh, they're kicking the stigma game. It's to... Uh, it's a, a dedication towards uh, towards mental health awareness, raising awareness about mental health, removing the stigma often associated with uh, with mental health disorders. The uh, the Colts podcast had a uh, had a segment about that, and uh, me being the uh, you know it, 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 it's kind of a passion of mine uh, to uh, to raise awareness as far as uh, mental health goes. So uh, this is uh, this is from the official Colts podcast with uh, 
one of the owners of the Colts, uh, one of uh, one of Jim Irsay's uh, daughters, Kalen Jackson, uh, was uh, was talking about this game on the official Colts podcast. We do want to talk about the Kicking the Stigma game. This is the second season we've had a game dedicated to Kicking the Stigma, but this initiative has been years in the making for you and for the entire Ursay family, for this organization. And there has been so much excitement in particular over the last few months where we had Beyond the Sidelines, the first ever in-person event for Kicking the Stigma. There have been so many worthy grant recipients. We could touch on so many aspects of this, but for you watching this grow, where have you seen the greatest impact that Kicking the Stigma has had so far? Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, we could probably have multiple podcasts and still Mm -hmm. not be done talking about all the amazing things that have come from this campaign and this initiative. Um, And it's something that, you know, we've we've done so much in the community, but I can honestly say this has probably been the most impactful, which I feel like is saying a lot. We've had a lot of efforts that have made a huge impact on this community that we are so proud of. But this, by far, has hit such a positive nerve in the community, both, you know, in the city, in the state. And then nationally, you know, I think that it reaches beyond our state. Um, And I think the impact, uh, I don't even think can be measured. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot in the sense that, you know, I I have a binder full of emails, letters from people that are sharing their personal stories and and talking about what this means to them, the impact this has had on them, their family, their friends, their community, um, and what it means for a sports team to be putting their logo on this and caring about this. And I think that we thought that it would be impactful, but not like this. Um, and in and, and such a, you know, in, to have the impact like this means so much to us. I think we talk a lot about, you know, my dad's a very spiritual person, and I think we all are as well through him and my mom. And this is the life purpose type work that mm-hmm. you hope to find. And, and I think that really being able to use our own personal family trauma mm-hmm. To share it with others is a really big part of healing and, and a big part of the mental health, you know, therapeutic, you know, community, if you will. And a lot of people who, who go through struggles like this will understand what that means. So for us to be able to share our story um, in this way is really unique for us as well and such a gift. And I think that I've said it a lot, but I think I'll say it again, is that for the first time, we're telling our story instead of the story being told about us, which is, um, again, a really unique experience for us. But I would say that, you know, for us, like I said, this is the first time an NFL team has stamped their mark on mental health. This is the first time, last year was the first game any NFL team has ever, ever dedicated a game to mental health. And so this year will be the second year. And our hope is that people will see that and join us because this is just too important of a topic to, to be the only ones talking about it. The name Kicking the Stigma comes from wanting people to treat mental health as health and not feel that there is something they should be ashamed of by what they are experiencing. And having the perspective of and the privilege of working with you on producing a lot of these pieces, I have been so overwhelmed just seeing how many people are willing to talk about it and use their voice and use their, use their platform. How encouraged have you been not only by people within this organization, across the NFL, across the country, very prominent people who've lent their voices, but maybe also just in people who are more comfortable in conversations with you or things that you've overheard where people are more forthcoming in talking about their experiences. And that's truly where we can change the trajectory of how people are experiencing this trauma. Yeah. And I think that you know, we always say thank you to every single person who has lent their voice, but also thank you to every single person who has sent their story and and shared. Some of these people are saying, I've never told anybody this, yeah. and they're telling me. They don't even know me. But I think that shows you the power of, of seeing someone who you know is not going to judge you mm-hmm. make someone want to share with you. And so I think that that's the power in telling your story, and that's what we tell everybody when they're like, what can I do? Even if you can't give money, that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. You can be open. You can be show your vulnerability if you're comfortable because it is a strength and it shows someone. It takes strength to speak up and it takes strength to make a wave, if you will, um, and and to be outside the norm or the mm-hmm. box. And people don't expect you to share those things, but it matters. Um, and I think that someone, you know, for our whole lives, we've been a pretty open family. Um, 
you know, with our friends or anyone we meet, we're just kind of an open book. And I think forever we people share stuff with us. They tell us things. And I think it's because we don't even notice it because it's just how we are. But it's because of that. Um, and I think that seeing that there is no judgment makes you feel safe. And I think that's what we're trying to create more of. Um, you know, my dad talks a lot about if someone has cancer, you don't judge them for having cancer. You know, it's not their fault. And there's no difference here. These are diseases. Mm-hmm. These are illnesses that are not anyone's fault. And, you know, I, I always say if anyone's listening, remember that it's not your fault and that we see you and we know that. And I think the conversation is changing. We have a lot of work to do still. But um, I think that we're definitely headed in the right direction. And I think like you mentioned, the wonderful grant recipients. Um, we have about 38 now to date over two years of awarding our grant, our King of the Sigma grant. Um, and seeing those organizations and the people that work in those and the people that are truly, in my mind, the real heroes and the people that are the boots on the ground and really you know, getting their hands dirty, if you will, and helping people every day, those people give me hope. You know, That's what makes me want to keep going and there are good people out there and there are people that understand. And so the more we can shine a light on something or, or, you know, put our horseshoe on something or get someone who wouldn't typically write an article about mental health, but they do because we're involved in it. Right. That's the kind of stuff and the impact that we're able to have. And we hope that other teams in the NFL, the NFL and other leagues even right. take notice and, and see the impact and see the impact that they can have by using their platform and using, you know, their notoriety in such a positive way. And and that is not to say that they so many of them don't do that already in so many different areas. But I think this is just such a taboo topic for so long. I hope that we make them look up and think, oh, okay, this is okay to talk about it. You know, come join us. You wouldn't be alone. Right. We, we started this and, and it's safe, you know, because I think, I mean, look at us. I mean, look at us and our family and our story, like I said. Everyone knows very publicly that my dad has struggled with substance use disorder and is thankfully in recovery and doing really well. But if we can stand up and talk about it, and for so long it felt like something we should avoid and and maybe we should not shine light on it because it might make people more judgmental of our past. If we can do it, then you can do it. And I think that that's what a lot of our players are seeing too when they are sharing their story. To them it may just seem like no one's going to care about this or, you know, it's just you know, yeah, I struggled with something at some point. But then they see just by sharing a minute or two minutes of what happened to them, Mm -hmm. that literally is saving someone's life. And they have come up and told them so. And so to feel that impact is huge. And you can't describe that feeling. And I know that it has changed a lot of the way people look at things. Colts vice chairman and owner Kalen Jackson is with us here in the Colts radio studio talking about uh, the upcoming game on Monday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers and, of course, kicking the stigma. Kalen, how, how have you seen kicking the stigma grow in such a short amount of time, right? I mean, you started this in 2020. Um, the program has raised more than $17 million to expand treatment and research and raise awareness all over the country. $17 million. I mean, that's that's huge. How have you been able to do that, and how have you seen that money really make a difference? Yeah, and so I'll correct you just so we're PC. It's we've committed over seventeen okay. million, um, but still, it's a big number, sure. and it's it's all going toward whether it's awareness pieces or um, you know equitable, equitable access to resources. These the grant recipients, mm-hmm. you know, there's a long list, or it's just personal donations um, right. from my dad um, to you know there are a variety of ones that are very publicized, like a million to IU Healths. Um, addiction center and also, you know, a million to create a new addiction center in Carmel. There's a, a bunch that have been given. I, again, we could stay here all night and talk about sure. all the wonderful organizations. But I think um, the PSAs are also a big piece. And I think that they've been super impactful because I think if you look way back to when we started this, we had talked about this being our you know main initiative back in the summer and spring of 2019. So we knew um, we wanted to, I'm sorry, of 2020. And so we knew we wanted to head that way. Um, You know, COVID hit. We couldn't do exactly what we wanted. And so we kind of had to shift gears. But I think that was such a unique, perfect kismet timing, if you will, because it helped so many more people needed help during that time. So many people felt more isolated and alone. And I think that really helped springboard this. 
um, in the sense that more people were at home and saw our PSAs and, and were mm-hmm. looking more for something to do and look at and, and even looking for help. And so I think that that was a huge thing and we were happy to be able to be that light in that dark time for so many people. But I think it's grown so organically, which is why I think it's been so successful is because it truly is just people, we just were having organizations you know, people that have status, whether that be celebrity or just random fans that we were making connections all over the country. Um, and this grew so naturally. And I think I always say, too, I think it connected so well because it is coming from such a genuine place and such a place of lived experience. Um, we know what it feels like to feel alone and we know what it feels like to be misunderstood. Um, but I think for us to looking at if we go back to the game and it being, you know, Games, the NFL and teams have had such success in making impact in areas, you know, whether that be cancer or military or you you name it. And I think this is hopefully going to be that someday. Um, And I think that we're starting that and we hope to be joined, like I said. But so when we started it last year, players were wearing shirts during warm up and we'll be having that again this year. We're excited to say that we'll be having shirts available for purchase in the pro shop and online this year, which is new. Um, we also have um, a gift with donation opportunity for our King Sigma beanies mm-hmm. um, that will also be available. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, too, because we've had such response from fans asking for that and wanting to wear it and that's a big deal i mean mm-hmm. yes it has a horseshoe on it but it's also talking about mental health like who would have thought that that would have been something you know even five years ago that people were wanting to wear around um so if we can have that kind of impact um i think we'll never know i think you know we talk about that a lot too there's probably thousands of people that this will touch that will never have any idea they won't write the letter they won't right. you know any of that but it made a difference um and I think we talk about this a lot, too. I think people feel very overwhelmed by this topic. Like, how can I help? What am I supposed to do? How do I help my family members? What do I do? Um, especially if they can't give. You know, not everyone can give, you know, thousands of dollars. And you don't have to do that. And I think, like I said, a big piece is sharing your story. But also sharing the work that we're doing. Sharing what resources there are. Um, and just being a part of the conversation is a huge part. And I think everyone knows that one of the biggest problems is the system is broken. Mm -hmm. But what we always say is that doesn't mean that we can't fix it. And I'm really proud of our state and of our city. Um, And a lot of the people that are working at the high level on the state are really looking at this very seriously. And I will say the conversations I've had have given me a lot of hope in the sense that our state is really setting us up to be one of the more successful ones. Um, And we aren't right now. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. We are in the top five of all the things you do not want to be in the top five for depression, anxiety, suicide, you name it. But we're headed in the right direction. And I hope that we're a big part of that. Kaylin, you mentioned how one person sharing his or her story can save a life. And I want to go back because this is something that Shaq Leonard shared with me at the Beyond the Sidelines event. But Shaq told me a story that when he was at the Ursae Collection concert at Lucas Oil Stadium, there was a security guard or someone who was working at, at the stadium that day who stopped Shaq and said, I was in a really dark place. I was really struggling. I was considering ending my life. I saw your story. I saw what you you had said, and that really inspired me and motivated me. And I just want to thank you for that. I'm doing much better now. And he and Shaq had a moment, and that was just such a testament to how this touches people. And you have no idea how much impact it can have on a person. And I'm looking at just the list of guys who I'm thinking of that we've had conversations with. Yannick Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, Sam Ellinger, Ben Banigou, Julian Blackman, Quiddy Pay, guys across this team who have all really welcomed and embraced the opportunity to share their stories and to spread the message. And we have two opportunities coming up. Kicking the Stigma game, my cause, my cleats, in which kicking the stigma will be at the forefront. I know a handful of players who have excitedly joined uh, kicking the stigma for their my cause, my cleats initiative. That'll be the Dallas game coming up. How do you describe seeing how overwhelming it is for so many guys to wear the shirts, wear the cleats, mm-hmm. do it on game day? Of course, they're always you know representing the last name on the back of their jersey yeah. and the horseshoe on the helmet, but now they're also representing kicking the stigma. No, I think it means so much. Like I remember last year was the first year where they could have picked it and there were so many. And I remember 
calling and being like, is this, are you serious? Like this many did that? And I know that may sound silly to some, but it's like they can pick anything. And there's so many things that touch them. And to know that one, they support us in that way and that we've created a culture that, you know, we have that relationship with our players. I hope it showcases that, you know, and I hope that they really feel the genuineness behind it for them as well because we really are focused on the whole player. And I think we ha- pride ourselves in being one of the first to have a clinician on staff. And, and you know, our clinician is, in fact, on the advisory council for clinicians of the league. And, in fact, all of those programs across the league for clinicians at every team was based on our program. So mm-hmm. that was before any of this even started. And so, you know, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes before Keegan Stigma was actually an outward-facing um, initiative. But this has always been in our heart, and this has always been something that we cared about. And we are just honestly honored to be able to share this, change the world, and shout it from the rooftops that this is something to look at and this is something to care about. It's Colts Vice Chairman and owner Kaylin Jackson with us. Last one for me, Kaylin. You've been so gracious with your time. Um, the game itself, Monday Night Football, the first home Monday night game for the Colts since 2015. It's going to be awesome, it's right? It's going to be so fun. <laughs> You're going to have some and, buzz. You know, on, of course, like my dad, you know, obviously has made his opinions very clear that we feel like <laughs> we deserved this. <laughs> and now it's finally here for our fans. You know, we really care about that and we want that for our fans of yeah. our city. Um, I, You know, I think people can say since we came here in the 80s, you know, the love that we feel and the ingrainment we have in the community really truly means so much to us mm-hmm. um we feel like it's a family and it's a small big town as we say um and so we're just so happy for our fans to be able to have it back happy for our players and you know that when i saw that schedule come out i was like that's a kicking the sigma game because <laughs> yeah. oh, we want as many eyes on it as possible and i think right. that that's the point of prime time and sure i think that you know it's obviously been a really unique season um never a dull moment over here <laughs> mm-hmm. um but you know at the same time i you know we talk about it all the time there's a lot of noise outside this building um and we know who we are and our players knew, know who we are and that does not change no matter what hey everyone saltgrass steakhouse is now open in mishawaka wrangle up the crew and head down to saltgrass mishawaka for an unforgettable experience sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified angus beef steaks sip on ice cold craft cocktails and don't forget to try the famous spicy range rattlers all made daily in the scratch kitchen start making delicious memories at saltgrass mishawaka 5126 north main street across from lazy boy furniture galleries dine with us today 